Um, books? Gang, thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we been recording in a row? <laughs> this week. <laughs> like well, four times? It's a week. You didn't say what year it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one was always supposed to be monthly, but Jesus fucking Christ. It's been a few months. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this month for the Nerd Blitz Book Club. I am Doom. And I am happy to be done with this book. Spoilers. Oh, spoilers. And I'm here because I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back with Shadows Over Baker Street, story 17 and 18, which just so happened to be... I got the book open in enough time. Haha. <laughs> Death Did Not Become Him by David... Oh boy. <laughs> Is it Niall? Ne- yeah, I would, Niall? I would say Niall, probably. Okay, Wilson and Patricia Lee Maycumber, as well as Nightmare in Wax by Simon Clark. There we go. Those two stories by those three people. Um, before we get into it, though, I wanted to let you know that one of these stories makes a little bit more sense. I recently read The Dunwich Horror. Hara. 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 It's Hara, kid. Come on into my office. Um, anyway, I recently read that, and it made the, the Adventure of the Vorish sign make, like, 3% more sense. Oh, really? Yeah, because I don't even remember in... which one that one was. Which one? That one, the Adventure of the Boar sign. Vorish. Vorish sign, yeah. You clearly don't remember. You're like, fuck it, it's behind me. Clean, sw- <laughs> clean slate protocol. I don't want to think about it no more. It, it was the one with the fucker who was doing... It, we did it last episode. Oh, was it? Yeah, where the dude made the weird hand motion. Oh, yeah, okay. In the Dunwich Horror, that's mentioned. Oh, really? The weird hand gesture, Vorish sign, and it actually it felt like it was explained, even though it wasn't like in-depth, it felt like it was explained a little bit better than it was in that story where we're like, what the fuck does this even mean, man? Wow, did they actually call it the Vorish sign and? In- Lovecraft flat out said the Vorish sign. Huh, okay, cool. So, I feel like we should each give that about a quarter point more for being that closely tied, but we're not. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) It's behind me. We're on Google. The Nerdblitz podcast is on Google. Yeah. What? He Googled us on his iPad right here. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) You don't know what'll come up. Um, literally, like, nothing. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, shit. (laughs) Yeah. We're not that popular, so it's just, so... All right, all right. I don't want to come over there and start taking swipes at you. (laughs) Don't spoil your thoughts on any of this. We'll touch on this again at the end of the show, but give me your thoughts on finally getting to the end of this, bitch. Oh, I'm glad. I'm happy to be able to move on to the next books. I'm excited to be done with it. 
why. It's not like it took two years. Or, Holy shit, it did. Yeah, it sure did. I think it took two years to record it all, not to release it or to cut it and release it. Yeah. I think it's been like a year and a half for that, but I'm pretty sure we've been recording it for two years now. That's, <laughs> that's excessive. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'm about in the same boat. It seems like... Well, let me put it this way. The scores will be telling, but I feel like I've enjoyed it more than you have. Uh, I would disagree with that. You would or wouldn't? I would disagree with that, because I enjoyed this book. It seems like the last few episodes, though, you're like, come on. Well, I yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm like either not in the right headspace for these stories, or yeah, I'm just tired of the, the trope of... Of them trying to tie the two together, you know? Yeah. And, like, every one of these is, like, reminds me of my camping trip story. Yeah. They all start off with somebody fucking writing a letter and dictating it in their <laughs> head or... Well, yeah, but also, that like, that's the trope of Sherlock Holmes, though. That's true, I'm I guess. I'm pretty sure we've discussed that before. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess if it's... I guess it's more bothersome because... We read these stories just bang, 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 straight through, and every one of them starts out almost the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about Watson doing his little introduction thing, but I'm saying there's there's constantly places in these stories where somebody's, you know, writing themselves, writing a letter and right. narrating and... I feel you. Yeah. I guess I've just read too many of these in a row. I mean, there was fucking 18. It is a bit of a downer that every time we've gone to do a book club it is kind of like okay here we go back to fucking dark twisted shit so i can see that right well it, it, it feels it drags like there's your mood down a bit oh yeah that too especially like you've said if you're not in the right headspace yeah so yeah i, I get i feel you i i'm picking up what you're putting down on that front plus it feels i mean it feels like an accomplishment to be done with it yeah like we didn't quit we're too stupid to quit. That becomes truer every day, doesn't it? Yeah, because there's several times where we took like long breaks between recording. Right. And some days it was like, I don't give a fuck whether we ever whack to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we talked about it before and you were like, well, that's my fault. And it's like, no, not really. Yeah. Because I could think of a couple times, at the very least two, where you're like, you want to finish that book? And I was like, not this week. Yeah. Please, well. just not this week. <laughs> because as we've said, book club just takes an extra amount of mental energy when you could just be like let's just fuck around right even though like we do a lot of prep when we do the main show or commentaries it's still not this level where it's like you got to read 60 pages <laughs> but i've enjoyed it i think it's definitely enjoyable some stories were way better than others definitely and before we get into this, I just want to say, specifically with this first story, there's probably going to be a lot of editing because it does get into some weird areas. Right. Well. That kind of are <laughs> Lovecraft-esque. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to dive in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, first up, death did not become him by yeah. those people I said earlier. Right. I think I might have been turned off by the title, too. I was like, well, that's fucking hacky. Yeah, I think at the end of the last episode when we teased the titles, you were like, eh, to that one. But you're like, Death and Wax. That one sounds awesome. Or, yeah, Nightmare and Wax. That's not, that. I mean, that's. Oh, yeah. Nightmare and Wax. Sorry. I guess the, the problem with this uh, title for me is that it's just, and I guess that's the point, is that it's a play on the other Death Becomes Her or whatever. Right. Um, which I didn't like that movie either, so. Oh well, there you go. There you go. But yeah, it just seemed it seemed kind of cheesy. But maybe right. that was, maybe that was their intention. But um, if not, it's it's lame. 
I mean, it it's fits though. Oh yeah, it definitely fits. I'm just saying it's it seemed a little seemed a little hacky. Fucking dippy bullshit. Seems like something I would write and then be like <laughs> embarrassed that I wrote that, and it would just go in the pile of shit that I've never released anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I have that pile too. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking first off, you had a hate boner for this one. I know, and I I don't know why exactly. I mean, I kind of do, but it. I remember it starting out just kind of slow and. Well, I mean, I was interested in the fact that it starts out with Watson as the cu- Watson as the client. <laughs> I thought you said Watson as the cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't know what happens in their personal life, but wow. I'm like, wait, what? Um, well, I mean, specifically, you said whatever my lowest score is, this one's lower than that. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't care for this story. Um, well, that sent me to look and see what your lowest score was. Yeah, I it was a f- what? What? Go ahead. No, you go. What do you think it was? I was going to say it was. I think it was probably still kind of highish. I don't think I gave anything really, really super harsh. Okay, what do you consider kind of highish? Six. Lower. Oh, lower? Mm. Um, Which one was my lowest? Funnily enough, The Adventure of the Vorish Sign. Wow. I really you have gave... soured on this book, huh? Fucking A. Uh, you gave that a five. I Honestly, it's like we hit the Michael Reeves story and it's just been downhill since. It really does. I mean, it does seem to me like the quality in the stories has gone down, not up. Yeah. Like, usually, don't, don't, isn't like the best one. The last. The best ones are towards the back. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's not the case with this book. Uh, no, because we, we each had a high score early on, too. Yeah. But yeah, Adventure of the Vorish Sign, you gave a five, I gave a 5.5. So even I was like, yeah, it's not great. But anyway, death did not become him. I was curious because Watson came, came in saying that he had a case for Holmes. Right. And that he had apparently seen some shit that scared him. Uh-huh. And even, so, well, he starts to tell the tale, and it's, these dudes came to his house or whatever one day, and were like, hey, did you sign the death certificate for this dude? Right. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I know where this is going. Uh-huh. Because they were, they said the one of the guys was like a shambling guy in the back that... Yeah, he just kind of... With a blank face, kind of. Right, just yeah. kind of stood there fucking emotionless. Right. I was like, oh, shit, I know what's go- I know where this is going. I was wrong, but I was close. Because I immediately was like, well, because he says, he says, oh, yeah, I signed that death certificate. Right. And uh, and the guy's like, oh, so you're sure he was dead? And, I was, and he's like, yeah. And then the guy steps forward and he's like, well, there he is. He's still alive. And uh, so I was like, oh, shit, I know where this is going. This is going to be zombies. So I was like hyped for zombies. I was like, I was like, oh, shit, this guy did some fucking serpent in the rainbow on this uh, this dude that had died. I was thinking fucking, oh, reanimator. Oh, Wow, I didn't even think that. And especially, which we'll get to in a minute, when they go into the fucking asylum and the dude's having his major fucking meltdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's just like um, the professor guy. So I was like, reanimator. And then I figured it out before we got to the end. But yeah. Yeah, no, I figured it out once uh, some things were said. Right. But... uh... Anyway, the whole the whole thing is this guy that supposedly died mm-hmm. is the only heir to some fortune. Wasn't okay. Hang on. Wasn't there like three people and the other two died off? And if they, this dude couldn't be found alive, then it was going to go to the state or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Something like that. He was, so he was the only one that left that could inherit this money. Right. And 
Watson had just pronounced him dead. So this guy brings him in to prove that he is alive because they want all that money right. that he's going to inherit. But the problem is, obviously, Watson's like, what in the fuck? I'm sure he was dead. And I like that scene where he and Sherlock go to the morgue and the morgue dude is like, fuck you. He's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ain't yeah, nobody yeah. had no paperwork. Uh, and they're like, well, then what's it hurt if we go look? And the dude's like, there hasn't been any paperwork, so fuck off. Yeah, that was pretty great that he was so adamant and fought them so hard, you know, just to blow them off. Right. And then come to find out, wait, that body isn't there, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean. And the dude started shitting. Yeah, he's like, but but nobody signed the paperwork. And uh, I mentioned it a minute ago. I don't remember this much. I mean, I've only read about a quarter of the Sherlock Holmes stories, but I don't remember them ever like shifting narrators. Um, yeah, I don't I don't recall them ever doing that either. But that, I, I think me, that's I think that's what I that's another thing about the story I didn't like it made it hard for me to follow because I couldn't right. tell because it flashes back, you know, and then it flashes forward and then it changes to yeah, just to the Silverman guy's perspective, like his Right. Yeah, and I'm like what the fuck's going on? That is this a flashback? Was... Is this a flashback too, or is this happening now? Or I took it to be as like that's happening now. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. As but after it, it, it was jarring. It was, it was written real fuckardly. Yep. Like I said, I don't recall that happening in any of the Sherlock stories I've read. No. Where I it's don't... like, hello, I'm Doctor Watson. Here's the tales of my friend Sherlock. And in the middle, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But fuck all that. This is what the villain was doing while Watson was over there telling Holmes what was going down. This is what the the villain was doing. So fuck that noise for a minute. Let's watch. And it was kind of odd. And that makes me think, since there's two writers on this, one of them handled the Sherlock and Watson shit because they were like, no, I think I've got a handle on this. And the other one was like, okay, well, I'll take care of the, vis the villain stuff uh -huh. because... I feel like I understand the Lovecraft shit more. And the first guy got the pages from the second guy and read them and was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do this to my story? Why did you do this to our career? <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know these two authors, so possible. There you go. Yeah, so that to me was like immediately took points off because it's like it's just so jarring. If it had all been, I mean, it would have been difficult. I mean, maybe have Sherlock unpack all of that at the end, which would have been even more jarring and weird to have him be like, well, I figured out this is what the fucker was doing while we were off, you know, stroking our dicks at the morgue. Right. Well, the thing is, you'd have to write the story better. Yeah. And and different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I was not a fan of the writing style in this. Yeah. And something else that bugged me was and this is like super nitpicky or whatever, but there's like three different instances in in here where they used two dash something. So T O O dash wide or two something. They do they do that three times in this book to describe something. Okay. It fucking just stuck out to me and it bugged me. Bugged the in shit. In this out of me. story specifically? Yeah, in this story. Hmm. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Hmm. But it was like, get your fucking thesaurus out or something, dude. <laughs> you can't just put two in front of something and make it, you know, I mean, you can, but three now, times. See, uh, that would stick out more to me if it happened like boom, boom, boom in a paragraph or something. Oh, yeah. No, they spread, weren't the same paragraph. But yeah, it, spread throughout a story. That doesn't bug me as much. No, bugged me. I was like, yeah, nitpicky. Fucking fuck. try harder, dude. <laughs> Back to the switching narrator thing. So, like I said, or like you said, they 
have Watson telling the story, and then this is where it got weird. It cut to this uh, Silverman dude as he's going through this asylum that he bought, and nobody's been in it for years and years and shit, and it describes him going through it all creepy, and he opens up this case with all these vials in it, and it's got green, greenish liquid in two of the six slots, and the other one has a red powdery subs- substance. And I'm like, huh, okay. But right away, the green liquid, that's what had me going, oh, reanimator. Yeah, oh, okay. And I'm like, so is this going to be like West or not? Turns out not. Not. So that was kind of weird. People are fucking around when they say that story's hated. Which one? Reanimator. Because it's to me, it's like, I thought it was a good story, you know, despite all the fucked up shit that's in it. <laughs> Let's ignore that for the moment. Let's ignore the racism. Well, I mean, fucking come on. Separate the art from the artist. It, it was, it, it's a good story. It's really well, well written. But yeah, you got to deal with some bullshit. But it, it's telling that that story is hated because there's not even a fucking hint at it in this book. But it's definitely one of his most well-known stories, Reanimator. Because, I mean, they made a fucking movie. You don't make a movie if nobody knows it. Two movies. Three movies, actually. Oh, that's right. And I've heard there's been talk of, like, doing a reboot, but I haven't heard much about it. So it's like, seems like such a fucking wasted opportunity to not do another one. Or to not blend that in somehow. Because, let's see, when did this come out? I think the third movie would have came out right around the time of this, 2003. I think that's close to the time of that third movie they did on sci-fi or whatever. So it's not like it was a forgotten relic of the 80s, Mm. those movies. But yeah, that right there had me going, Reanimator! And then it wasn't. So that kind of bummed me out, and that took points off, too. The dude's fucking freaking out in a cage, well, uh, a cell. You don't want to say they put people in asylum in cages. Mm. Well, I mean, technically. Uh, The point is... Yeah, he's... he's, it's It's the guy that he had brought to Watson to have him declared not dead. Yeah, Michael Adcott. It's him freaking out in this cell, and the dude's like, just let me do this or whatever, and he fucking injects him, and all of a sudden he chills the fuck out. So I was like, well, is it fucking reanimator or not? And I was like, well, no, because I don't think that's what the serum did in that. That fucked with the brain, and then they tried to bury themselves again. But anyway, so then it switches back to fucking Sherlock and Watson, which I really thought that part was flawless. It was the going into the fucking Silverman dude's head that was like, or following him that just felt off to me. I think that's when they go to the morgue, right? Yes, that's when they go to the morgue and they have that little back and forth with the uh, coroner. Yeah. And finally prove to him that the body's not there. Because, yeah, it's because Watson is, Watson told that Silverman guy that come back and I'll be able to explain how this guy's walking around. And that's when he goes and enlists Holmes. And then, yeah, and so now they're off investigating. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of cool that uh, Holmes throughout the whole thing is like, I was so curious about what Holmes was doing, but I knew he wouldn't tell me. So after all of our years of experience together, so I was just like, fuck it, and let him do his thinking. I I like that as a nice bit of continuity because we've mentioned before they tell the years that these take place, and this one took place in 1902. So it was like, yeah, these fuckers have known each other for a while. And I like that, that Watson knows him well enough to not just 
keep pressuring him, being like, but I want to know. So, yeah. Anyway, was it after that that they jumped back to the uh, Silverman yeah, guy? Right. Then they jumped back to the Silverman guy. And the way his shit is described, too, it it feels like if you told somebody like a slightly dark story and you were like, now make it overly creepy, okay? Almost to the point where it gets a little cheese dick. Mm, yeah. That's how it felt to me, at least. Yeah. Well, that's where they, they're they leave, they're leaving the asylum, but it's like in his head and he's thinking about Watson's going to be a problem now because he can't get him to easily, oh, yeah. easily sign off on him having made a mistake. Then he goes on this rant about his dad, the rabbi, and... Right. Yeah, he was like the son of a rabbi that got some... Pussy. Some magical books and shit <laughs> from a mad Arab. Yeah. Yeah. That's when it started clicking to me. Right. Then they start talking about how his rabbi father had... Or he had he had gotten his dad drunk and his dad was telling him about... Pussy! <laughs> <laughs> telling him about like all the weird sorcery and magic and shit that Jewish people had. Right. And that's where it starts getting weird to me, because then I'm like, okay, this is this is walk, starting to walk a line now. Right. Um, but then they start talking about uh, the golem, the clay golem. And then, yeah, that's when I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So this dude's made out of, like, he made a golem, not not a zombie. Yeah, that's when it started clicking to me, though, when he, they're talking about, like, son of a rabbi and shit. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, then I, I knew right away what it was. Okay. And that's another thing that kind of was like, oh, this is kind of hacky. This is like some shit that I would have thought of, you know, something that's like super well known already. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man. It'd be like if you said to me, hey, let's do a fucking zombie story. Wait a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from with that. It does feel like they were like... Okay, let's look at some of the most popular fucking myths. Let's do that. And it kind of, and it might just be, maybe it's just me overreacting or maybe I'm reading too much into this, but this is about where it started getting, um, I, I started to have kind of a weird problem with it because it felt almost like they, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding fucked up. Yeah. Or that I'm accusing them of something fucked up. Okay, well, let me just say this. I think it's a product of the times. Maybe back if we had read it when it came out, it wouldn't hit oh, as hard. I'm, sh- but I'm sure. I'm sure. Everybody's I'm such a raw nerve now. Yeah, so. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm seeing. You know what? What I'm seeing in this is. I mean, obviously, that's not what was intended. But right. I'm reading this, going, oh, should right. should have really like did another pass on that probably. But you get a real like ease up. Okay, ease up. Right. Like I started to feel like this was. Um, Nazi propaganda or something. It was like, oh, here's this evil Jew, and he's got this magic, and he's gonna fucking ensorcel this dude. And right. Well, I mean, the thing that kind of and then the whole thing is is based on the guy the the guy wants money that's not his. Right. You know what I mean? He's gonna take this dead guy's money. Well, and I told you like, and I'm like, Jesus, can you guys? I, I mean, it it just. Everything pointed to like, I was like, well, does he have a fucking big nose too? Right. Yeah. You haven't described his nose yet. <laughs> you know? No, I feel you. Yeah. But, and you know, I, when you told me like, I don't know, dude, I'm having a bit of a problem with this. I honestly, I didn't get that feeling until the very end. Okay. But I told you, I think they said something about money wasn't his ultimate goal. And the closest I could find flipping through it real quick was on page 409, which I know you were just there because I could tell by what you were talking about. But, 
it's par- the second paragraph or the first full paragraph on there where it says, Sworn to secrecy, Aaron had left his father's home and set out to find a use for this new secret. Money wasn't everything. He reminded himself often. Oh, money was power if you... Yeah. Right. Right. That was the thing that I kind of... wanted the money for the... Yeah, okay. Right. That was the thing I kind of took as... Not it being like, I'm a Jew, so I love money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, but then that... that I. I read something fucked up into the fact that the second sentence in that paragraph is money wasn't everything. He reminded himself often. Yeah. That was like, okay, so. Yeah, I saw that too. There's just too, there's too many weird fucking things. It was like, you should have like picked a different story. Well, no, if you leave off the money wasn't everything, he reminded himself often, it would be fine. Like, or especially just leave off the he reminded himself often. Listen to this, and it doesn't hit as, like, ugh. Money wasn't everything, but no money was certainly something to be avoided. Right. That sounds fine, but right. the, he reminded himself yeah, often the, the sounds he, like... Sounds like he has a problem with greed, or pro- well, no, problem with money. That, too, but it also sounds like he had to remind himself to, you know, fight against his... That's right. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. And uh, fucking spoilers. I'll just jump to the end right here. Plug. The one thing that really stuck stuck out to me, because I hadn't finished this by the time you told me, I don't know, dude. Let's see, where was it? There was one spot specifically that I was like, ooh. Oh, okay, here it is. It's on page 417. Watson asks, was Silverman a mad genius? He was not, Holmes replied, turning to me at last, steepling his fingers and taking a long breath. Aaron Silverman was a Jew. Yeah, though. Yeah. Now, had you not said something, I would have read that as Aaron Silverman was a Jew. But with that in mind, I read it as Aaron Silverman was a Jew. And I was like, oh, but I'm like, no, don't let him taint your read on it. Well, and, and then Watson's like, what What does that have to do with it? And then he's right. like, how much do you know of Jewish history? There are legends, right. the trail back. And then, and then he goes into all this occult shit about. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is just a really poor choice, I think. Yeah. I mean, this just seemed like, it seemed like when, when why would you even, why would you write this where it could be misinterpreted or. Yeah. It's it's not deftly it's not handled deftly enough where you could be like well give them the benefit of the doubt if there's who knows maybe the the authors are Jewish and they're just trying to write something they're trying to honor their heritage yeah. yeah you can't leave it open to interpretation where somebody can read it and be like oh I think this is a hit piece right and there it's vague enough at points where it's like. I am feeling uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have noticed it as bad if you hadn't said something. But yeah, with you having said that, I was like, ooh. Yeah, it was weird. It just like something about this just landed wrong. And that's when I started picking up on the thing. And I'm like, oh. And then at the end, he's like, he was a Jew. Yeah. He's like a mystical fucking sorcerer being, you know, a Jew. Yeah, who was all about the money. Right. It was like, oh my, it's like, holy shit, dude. I keep thinking, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, this is just like uh, like an out of context person's wet dream to, to yeah. go to take this story and. Just take that line. Just take off those of one, pieces. 417. Just right. that one line. Look, look at how anti Semitic they are. Yeah. Just, and rake those two authors over the coals. Right. And for, so. It's yeah, like, it's like, man, you should have should have thought a little harder about this. <laughs> but I mean, 
I hate to use this excuse, but it was like, you didn't have to fucking 18 years ago. You didn't have to be like, well, people take this out of context in 20 years and be like, oh, look what kind of monsters they are. Yeah. And the answer is yes. You should always look 20 years in the future. Like the last yeah. 20 years have proven that. So we're, wait, before we jumped ahead, where were we? We were getting close to the end. Um, but there's a, there's a, a lot of... <laughs> Your voice just cracked and that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a... There's a... <laughs> Let's get out of here. We dug a hole, man. <laughs> um, we we cut back to the second portion with the, the Silverman dude. Yeah. Oh right. So they so they Silverman and the Golem dude leave the the asylum, and then the next section is Holmes and Watson have gotten to the asylum. They've already figured out where he was. Right, and they that's when they found the clay. Right. The red powder. Right. They, they find his case with the... Uh, Which is fucking dumb because in one of the earlier sections, he talks about how he packs his shit up real quick because he doesn't want to spend as much time... And he wants to spend as little time as possible in the creepy asylum. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is he leaving his shit there if he's so spooked out by it? Earlier, they made it seem like he brought everything with him and took it out when he left. Right. Now the fucker's just leaving evidence everywhere because why? Fuck yeah, it. I thought that was weird too. Yeah, that was a little bit odd. Yeah. Also, uh, Silverman took this dude to a judge, too, since Watson didn't sign off on it. To have him pronounced alive. Yeah. Which it's like, how the fuck do you fool somebody that hard? But anyway, yeah. Watson and Holmes are starting to put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And uh, shit's not looking good for old Silverman. No, it's not. Because as Holmes and Watson are investigating the, the asylum, they can hear Silverman and Adcott in the basement um fucking somebody <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking each other up whoa because he's trying to get adcock back in the cell and then adcock's fighting him and so it's a a, a fracas how are you saying his name adcock okay <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're fucking swinging chairs at each other, and Jerry Springer's like, we'll be right back. But Holmes and Watson go downstairs and walk in on them, struggling it out. <laughs> 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 and that's when Sherlock shows you all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a cut. <laughs> and he's one of them. Oh, she got so much. <laughs> Anyway, doesn't Adcott get thrown back into the fucking cell and the cell's locked and they're like, boom, in your fucking face, fuckwad. Um, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, no, Adcott turns on Silverman and is like gonna... Eat his face. Eat his face. And he's trying to, uh, he's trying to chant something, I guess, to... Arigio say to, to put him back in line, but, uh... This is what we creatures say. But he ends up, like, choking him out. Fucking... Lovecraft and the people who imitate him love their wacky chants, don't they? Yeah, they do. Because reading fucking Dunwich Horror, I'm trying to understand this, and it's like, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm glad we ain't doing Dunwich Horror for Patreon, because I'd have to try and figure out how to pronounce that shit, and that ain't happening. I just eat some fucking mashed taters and call it a night. Just Cthulhu. <laughs> anyway but yeah the golem got a hold of silverman and he's choking him chokes him to death oh shit then adcott spoke and pointed at holmes because he wanted holmes to kill him mm -hmm. so holmes shot him right uh sounds about right sorry i'm off book 
<laughs> it's hard to fucking hold a mic in a book, dude. It's especially hard with a person sitting on the arm of the chair next to you. Is that currently happening? No. Oh. It was before he left. Authorization and caught stilled from the man Oh wow. This is actually a pretty good story. I should have read this. hang on and a voice so clear and pure that it washed over the scene like the water of a mountain stream on a flame what like bush beer head for the beer brewed natural as a mountain stream adcott spoke he spoke three words and as he spoke them silverman struggled a final time eyes widening farther Mm -hmm. if that was possible then went absolutely limp it doesn't really say that Sherlock shot him. Um, no, I guess it doesn't. I assume that's what happened. Yeah, he looks at Holmes as if asking for something. Seconds later, I saw Michael Adcott die for a second time, and Sherlock had me by the arm and headed toward the door before I had my wits fully about me. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they don't explicitly say, do they? No. You know, these last two stories, too, they really fucking lean into the whole Necronomicon of it all. But they kind of did. And I mean, I'm all for Necronomicon-iness, yeah. but sometimes it's like, all right, we got it. You fucking heard of the Necronomicon. What do you want, a fucking cookie? Yeah, good for you. Douche. But yeah, there's not much other than that, like we talked about earlier, then... Yeah, they go back to this their study and they wrap it up. And Watson's like, what was the three words the fucker said? Uh-huh. It is done. He said it in Hebrew. It is done. And fucking what's-his-nuts is like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's basically fucking it. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess it's because I've seen the Clay Golem trope done before. Right. Like, there was a fucking X-Files episode about it. Right, yeah. I guess I, I was just disappointed that it was something that almost pedestrian. It didn't seem super creative, just more like, um, uh, you know, my, my camping trip story. <laughs> <laughs> Where you just basically rip off everybody. Right. Just throw everything in a blender and be like, look what I did. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so tell me, what is your scahore? Three. Holy fuck, really? Yeah, I'll go three. If my lowest was five, or my lowest was four, yeah, I gotta go three. Your lowest was five. My lowest is five. My lowest was two. Going three on this. I really didn't like it. Jinkies. Yeah, I felt, liked it. It felt clumsy and not written very smoothly, for sure. Right. Yeah, I liked it way more than you did, but the more we talked about it, the lower my score went. Yeah. Because I, I initially started with like a seven. Yeah. As we were talking that one moment when I got quiet, that's because I was erasing the <laughs> seven and lowering it a little. Yeah. To a six. But yeah, I think now I'm going to just go 5.5. Because mm. I liked it a lot more than you did. But it, yeah, it's... As the kids say these days, it is problematic. Whether they intended it to be or not, sorry, we're looking at it through a 2019, sorry, 2020, sorry, 2021 lens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just like woofa. So yeah, 5.5 for me. Like I said, the, the switching narrator thing was just too jarring, and then the inside the Silverman dude's head wasn't as fucking well thought out, I don't think. I think you could definitely tell two people wrote that Yeah. story. There's been a lot of times in some of these book reviews I've written and stuff where there's two authors, and it, it annoys me because I can't figure out who wrote what. And while I can't figure out who wrote what in this, it's clear that it was written by two authors. 
some people do such a good job that it's like, are you sure? I think you fuckers are lying because you want somebody else to get a check too. Yeah. Specifically, I can give you one. The the prequel novel to the Mafia 3 video game, Mm -hmm. the review for that should be out by this point. That is so fucking good, and it really does. It fucking annoys me because I can't figure out where the two authors hand off the baton. And it bugs me because I can't. Not enough to be like, so fuck this book. But it makes me feel like a bad detective because I can't be like, ah, there's the fucking seams. Oh, right, right, yeah. This one, it's like, yeah, the seams are very fucking clear. It's very choppy. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, on to Nightmare and Wax. Before we dive too deep, I gotta ask you, just give me like three words how you thought, how you felt about it. Uh, amateurish. Really? Yeah, yeah. Nightmare and Wax? Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. We're going to have a big fucking divide here. I don't know. Wow. I, th- I thought... I didn't like the the point of view of the story or the how it was being told. I, th- I thought that was weird and awkward. I thought it was described well enough to make it work. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. We'll, yeah. Yeah. Um. So it starts out... Again, this is Nightmare and Wax by... Simon Clark. It starts out, I thought this was odd, it's prologue. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. Is this a fucking novel? Yeah. And it's italicized and shit, and it's it's basically, it feels like a typical Sherlock Holmes story, where it's Watson describing what's going down, right? Right. Uh, he's got these fuckers who come to his door, and they're like, look, dude, we need you to help us. Sorry it's so late. Yeah, they're like intelligence officers or something. Right. And they're like, we need your help. We have two matters. Do you know where fucking Sherlock is? And he's like, uh, not really. He's traveling. Like, where? And he's like, fuck, I don't know. And then they're like, okay, has he talked to you lately? And he's like, I got a telegram from him a few weeks ago. And they're like, what did it say? And he says it just said, Watson, the game is afoot. Mm -hmm. And the dude's like, hmm, okay, we've we've got something we need you to listen to. And they set up a phonograph, put in a wax cylinder, and then... It goes from Watson's perspective to this narrator. And the narrator is Moriarty, right? Right, which I knew that fucking right away. Well, yeah, so did I. They try to pull the taffy and be like, who could it be? And it's like, fucking, come on. The only person who's that fucking into himself is Moriarty. Right. And it's basically him being like, I found this new technology and listen as I fucking record my voice for generations to listen to. He takes some time to blow the phonograph and be like, because I'm so amazing, I have to record my voice and record for generations to come because somebody who is forgotten by history, Sherlock Holmes. And it's like, well, you just made sure he's at least a footnote in history, dummy. Mm -hmm. But whatever. He's like, because nobody cares enough about him pretty much is what he's saying to fucking record what he has to say and he's just going on and on and on and being like right he's like a fucking three-year-old who gets a or that's too young like a six-year-old who gets a fucking record some sort of recording device where like at any moment you're waiting for him to record a fart or something because <laughs> he's like <laughs> he puts the fucking microphone or whatever the fuck it is up to the window and he's like uh, do you hear this 
Do you hear that? The clickety-clack of the iron wheels against the track. Isn't that an evocative sound? That's what I'm saying. I don't like the way that this is told. His, see, his, his narration is fucking annoying to me. That fits to me, though. And him describing everything around him and then the room. Uh, like I'm like, fuck, this is... F- fuck this. Now, see, I like it because to me, it's like, that's the first podcast. How many times have I told you it's like, I guess it's not as equitable but like in 112 i told you you were like oh it crosses over with up three and it's like dude you've got to explain that for the people who don't know it's basically that this this is a fucking dude who's like sitting there doing this thing that is relatively new and he's he's gotta if you hear something in the background he's gotta be like oh yeah that's my fan it's hot so i'm recording downstairs you know so i i dug it for that reason you know because i've lived through that shit (laughs) I never, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I agree with you. It's irritating, but I feel like that's the point, especially him being so into himself. And then, like I said, he's like a six-year-old. You're waiting for him to fart into the microphone and be like, <laughs> that was my fart. And it's like, I, I got it, pal. Can you fucking tell your goddamn story? And then he finally starts getting to the point and he's like, I fucking, I got it. The book of books, the bridge between worlds. It is the Necronomicon. And, you know, I mentioned relying heavily on the Necronomicon. Mm. I guess it's just the Evil Dead fan in me. It feels weird when they don't add Ex Mortis, but I know that wasn't part of the Lovecraft of it all. But it's really weird to hear people talk about the Necronomicon and not say Ex Mortis at the end. Maybe that was a different volume of Necronomicon. Oh, yeah, that was like the fucking... That one dealt strictly with the Undead. That was the Undead expansion module. Gotcha, gotcha. Was that... Was that third edition? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. But anyway, yeah. Take over. Huh? I said, go ahead. You can take over. Take over what? Describing the story. That's generally what we do. We switch back and forth. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, I was not prepared for this eventuality. Then he's talking about all these different volumes of books and shit that came into his possession. And um, basically, he goes through all these books and finds a fucking... Titty pick. Um, no. <laughs> he's looking in the wrong books. He basically is just talking about having all these books and going through right. all the books, and then he finds what. Well, he finds out about the old ones, and right. uh, I guess it was a a priest or something. Yeah, Father Buchanan. Yeah, had written about all this stuff. Um, he'd talked to this man of God and shit, and he'd gone through all these mythologies from the Americas to Europe to Africa to the Orient. He'd gotten all these statues and shit from Mesopotamia and drawings of all this stuff too, and ritual masks. Mm. basically it's just him running down being like i like old shit because it tells me about you know old shit the different creepy mythologies and shit Mm -hmm. is basically what he's saying in this dude's writing he would talk this father buchanan he was always yammering on and on about a secret book the necronomicon ex mortis and this dude was talking about people who'd written about it who'd been driven mad after somehow encountering all these different races and strange words leapt out leapt out at him from the text like Cthulhu and Dagoon and this is where it starts getting fucking weird. Yagolanak and right. Shub. I'm not saying the second part of that one. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> So, yeah, he's seeing all these fucking Lovecraft monsters and shit. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're the old ones. <laughs> I said the thing. And Moriarty's like, yeah, now I'm within 50 minutes of achieving 
you know, the goal I've set out after for like 25 years or some shit. Because he's on this train that's taking him to this town that was flooded. And he's got a team of people unflooding the town and whatnot. Yeah, they're on their, they're on their way to, to, to there because there was something found there, right? Or he was looking yeah. for something there. Yeah. And uh, the train stops before the destination. He's like, what the fuck is this shit now? And Moriarty's Watson-like dude comes in and he's like, oh, you ain't gonna like this, boss. And one of the engineers from the town gets on the train and he's like, please don't go or some shit. One of the guys that's um, pumping the water or in charge, of, in charge of pumping the water, one of the engineers telling him not to go. There, there's a problem. They had to stop pumping the water or something. And the problem was because they this town had been completely uh, flooded, like wiped out by the ocean. Ocean. By the ocean. <laughs> so they, were, they put up a sea of like a barricade between the ocean and this edge of the city and then they were using pumps to like these steam engine pumps to pump the water out of the city to drain it right um and apparently they drained it enough because the guy said that uh that some of the men had gone into the houses and found people still there and moriarty's like oh big deal some dead bodies who cares and uh he said no the people were alive oh shit son. oh shit they can breathe under the water and shit yeah something no, we're not quite there yet but something i did like was like the description of what the town looks like when they get there yeah that was kind of that was kind of neat i could actually picture what it would look like you know well when they were describing the people we'll get to the town in just a second this whole thing it, did you ever see scooby-doo and camp scare no I don't think so. It's a good one. You should check it out. It was the first Scooby uh, animated movie released on Blu-ray. Okay. In that, to make this camp, Camp Big Moose, they flooded an old town. Mm -hmm. And when they're talking about this in the story, I was like, oh shit, I I get this. I'm fucking totally vibing on it because it reminds me of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And when they're describing the people of the town mm-hmm. that are still alive, the fish people, all I heard in my head was Scooby going, fish man, fish man. <laughs> yeah, so they pull this fucking engineer on. He's spinning this yarn of bullshit. And Moriarty's like, what of, whatever, yeah. pussy. Yeah, well, speak into the, yeah, he wants him to speak into the mic now and make sure you're recorded for. That's something I didn't like either. Was it like, I mean, I know they would be naive and right. kind of dumb about this thing, you know, but I don't know. I'd. I didn't care for that either. I, I noticed another hypocrisy of uh, Moriarty's, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I, I get it where he's like, speak into it now. Uh, am I coming through clearly? Right. Yeah, yeah. But they start into the town and that's when they start describing it. Which now, what was it about that you were saying? I liked how they were talking about how like there was barnacles on the buildings and shit. Right. And like the streets are like flooded or they're flooded with mud now. Right. The mud's like up to the windowsills. And like these dudes would, they would they like come out of the windows of their house and just slither around like seals. Yeah, that was creeped me out. I was like, oh, that's fucked up. That sounds fucked up. Yeah, and he was talking about like seaweed on the one sign of the town and shit, and it's like, oh, grody. That reminded me of Camp Scare too, because spoilers for Scooby Doo Camp Scare, ten year old movie. Holy fuck, that just hit me that that's ten years old. Yeah. Jesus fucking. Um. Stay on target. The dam that they put up to make the lake for Camp Big Moose, mm-hmm. that gets broke and the town becomes unflooded. Uh, so again, I have perfect imagery in my head for this. Yeah. Like them fucking through the mud and shit. I could perfectly fucking visualize it. So yeah, I thought it was well described 
and shit, but I had a visual to go to also. This is when shit got weird, man. Yeah, because he's talking about, well, there's the church in the town that's that's where this Father Buchanan found some kind of pagan temple. Yeah, there's the church, there's the steeple, and holy shit, there's fish people. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But this is where he starts telling about his plan, like he's actually going to go into that temple and do some kind of ritual. I think he's trying to take like harness the power of the old ones or something, right? To like to like become their fucking Skeletor master. Yeah. He wants to fucking be the puppet master and pull their strings or like mm. their conduit into the people realm or whatever. And it's like, alright, Psycho, calm calm your tits. But no, his tits are very uncalm. So all of a sudden the train starts moving. Mm. Right? Right. Yeah, starts moving, but they're at the end of the track, aren't they? Are they Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they pulled into the station, they got nowheres to go. Okay, and before this, when describing, like, people puking at the fishmen or something, he's like, oh, don't be wimps, it's fine. All of a sudden, fucking Moriarty turns into a lazy dick, and the train's moving, and they're going fast. They're, like, going downhill, and he's like, oh, fucking manservant, servant, go look out the window and describe to me, please, in detail, what's going on. And I'm like, you lazy dickhole. Get up and fucking look out the window yourself, you know? Oh, yeah, you made the guy go look out the window for him. Yeah, he's giving everybody else shit for not fucking having the sack to look out, but he's just like, be a man. Yeah, well, I took that as he was going to sacrifice him instead of himself in case it drove him mad or something, which it did. Yeah, so he's he's fucking standing there recording while his manservant's looking out being like, oh, God. Oh, no. And he's like, be explicit. What's happening? What are you seeing? And he's like, there's colors and flesh and oh, God. They're all deformed and they have skin like a fish. And so it slowly like drives that guy literally insane. He has to go off into the other room and have a moment. (laughs) He thought it was hot. And the the workers, the engineers that were still there, those fish people are like eating them, killing them and eating them. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. And uh, suddenly, as he's getting like balls deep into the madness, the fucking engineer that got on before they got to the town starts ripping off his makeup. And it's Sherlock motherfucking Holmes. Oh, shit, son. Oh, no, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. I saw it. <laughs> but you're right. The, the train feels like it starts moving. And that's when they. Oh, wait, th- that's that happened already. Right. Because now they're in like Adventure Time land. Right. Uh, what? It's where the they fell through the fucking cosmos and came out. And oh, yeah, I I was picturing it like the fucking crazy tunnel from Willy Wonka. As fucking shit's just going crazy, Sherlock grabs the Necronomicon and chucks it out the fucking window, and boom! Suddenly they're back to reality. And Moriarty's like, "You stupid fuck!" And Sherlock's like. <laughs> sorry, sucker. Eat my nuts or something. And well, but they they had like welcomed Moriarty, didn't they? Like they were. Yeah, they were like ready to embrace the motherfucker. Right. That's when uh, Holmes threw the book out the window and destroyed it or whatever. Yeah, Moriarty wasn't happy. He event- he he ends up jumping out the window of the train, getting away. Oh yeah, that's right. He did jump out, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've searched the tracks and can't find Moriarty. Then Sherlock picks up the microphone and he's like, doof, doof. "Hello." Hello. <laughs> and he fucking picks up the narration. Right, which again, that's jarring to me. It was weird. Um, I 
fully disagree, dude. I was fucking... They hooked me in on this one. Yeah, this one was definitely better than the previous one, but... Oh, for sure. Um, I just found the style kind of annoying. Yeah, I... I It didn't bother me at all. But, I mean, like, Sherlock sign-off did a little. Because mm. he's basically like, yeah, fucking... I don't know what happened. Some weird shit went down. Mm-hmm. And Moriarty isn't the only one who's all obsessed about the ne- Necronomicon. Ex-Mortis. <laughs> but anyway, this fucking needle's almost to the end of the cylinder. So I guess I'll tell you once again, I'm Sherlock Holmes and take care of yourself and each other. Yeah, that was a really weird. Yeah, it was like he was signing off his fucking talk show. Yeah. And it's like, uh, did he just pull a Lester Holt and rip off Jerry Springer too? <laughs> I've noticed that on the NBC Nightly News, fucking Lester Holt ripped off Jerry Springer sign-off, and it bugs me. Oh, really? Yeah, Lester Holt ends it by saying, take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah. And it's like, that show was on for like 20 years, dude. Right. You don't think anybody knows where that came from? But then we get to an epilogue by Dr. John H. Watson, MD. I didn't need to say doctor first, did I? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically like, Moriarty is Satan. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, Sherlock's uh, telegram to me, it didn't just say the game's afoot. He said, Watson, I have found Moriarty. He has the book again. He has the Necronomicon. Ex mortis. And that's the end. And to me, I'm like, what a fucked up way to end it, because you got me. You got me all excited, and then you're like, but that's it. Gotta go. Right. And oh, by the yeah, by the way, Moriarty has the book again. Yeah. Yeah, like the entire book ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And it's like, you don't need all this other horse shit that's happening, but give me a sequel to this where I know what the fuck happens, you dickhole. Because <laughs> I was fucking grooving on that one. That one was definitely better than the previous one, but I don't know. So what what was it did you, that you didn't like about that one? I just didn't like how... How everything was just like I don't know, like I mean, like, like old timey, like it was like old timey radio, yeah, where every he's describing everything around him and everything that's going on, and I don't know, it just felt weird to have a character narrate that instead of it being prose. I mean, the one thing I would say that felt off about it was that it was Moriarty doing most of that, because like I said, he comes off like a six year old who's just like. Bleh. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I found that weird, too. It was like, oh, here's this fucking villain, and he can't use his iPhone, right? You know what I mean? Right. It feels like maybe if it had been his assistant dude, it would have felt a little bit more natural. Yes, and I not, agree. Cause, because that's what's fucked up, too, is like, Moriarty spends all this time running down all the nicknames he's got, like the Napoleon a crime, and the this a crime, and the fucking master of evil, or all that shit. But he's still obsessed with, like, listening to his burps and his farts. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, you're supposed to be, in your mind, the smartest person in the world, but in reality, like, number two to Sherlock. What the fuck are you doing this shit for? I'll get, I can give you that, but yeah, no, I fucking, I like the whole setup of like, here's this new fucking technology, so I've got to describe it, but yeah, as Moriarty, it seems like he'd be like, I don't give a fuck if you understand that the clickety-clack is the goddamn train. Right. Get on my level, stupid. Right, it, yeah. So yeah, I can give you that, but yeah. I don't know, I, this one fucking had me by the balls. The only part I liked about this one was I did like the description of the town and the fishmen and in that but then it's 
I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on, like with the train moving, but it was really falling. And then like I had a really hard time imagining picturing what the hell they were trying to how they were describing it. Fucking world between worlds. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they were going into the fucking mountains of madness or whatever. Mm, Yeah, that's how I took it. I don't know. I don't understand how. Because they pulled into the station, and then all of a sudden they're going downhill. and Right, and they, they didn't do anything. They didn't, he didn't read his spells or anything out of the book or anything. It just started happening on its own. Right. So it was weird. I thought, felt like there was some stuff that was not um, described right, or not described right, but... Left out? No, but I think I think because, because it was being told like by somebody speaking, I think there were some like inner thoughts and monologue type stuff that were missing that could have mm. filled in some of the blanks I think or made yeah. made things connect a little a little bit better um i i i feel like the one complaint i could have is he should have spent less time blowing up his resume and should have spent more time explaining exactly what the fuck the point was or how right yes he was going okay, into I, the mouth of madness. yeah yeah i could i yeah. yeah, I agree with that. That may be one. That may be what's put me off off balance on this story to be like from the very beginning of it is like him talking up himself for so long. Yeah, like it. it there was there didn't seem to be a point. Like the point was just he was all taking a nice train ride. Well, I I think it was he was supposed to go through this portal into the realm of madness or whatever to get power or something but it there's no explanation of the train going through the portal it just fucking happens right that's what i mean that's right right what i mean by why it was hard for me to follow was like wait it's falling but it's falling where where you know it right it was the the description for that was shit yeah i i I understand where you're coming from but I don't know. And then, like the the reveal of Sherlock Holmes was confusing to me too. I was like, "What the? F- what's going on here?" Now that I didn't have a problem with it all. Oh, because that's typical Sherlock. Yeah, but I I mean the way it was the way it was written, it was it didn't seem clear to me what was happening. Mm, okay. Yeah, and, uh, the only thing I could say though would yeah be to quit blowing yourself so hard and maybe explain why we're going through this portal or how that came about because it did seem odd. They just pull up into the station, then all of a sudden we're rolling again. No fucking spell was read. No fucking magic words were said. No fucking vorish sign was made. It just happened. I mean, it made sense why it quit happening. Like Sherlock ditched the Necronomicon or whatever. So all of a sudden, boom, back to reality. But yeah, there was... It felt like there was no explanation, no much-needed explanation to describe how that came to be. No, yeah, I I see where you're coming from. It didn't bump me as bad, but I guess it probably is going to lower my score a little now that you say it. (laughs) That's funny, we're ending this show and now I'm I'm the killjoy. Yeah, no shit. Fucking it really switched, didn't it? Yeah. Cuz I started with what a 2. Oh yeah, you were fucking <laughs> yeah. way hard on this book at the beginning. Yeah, it it's funny because I I already before we got our scores in, I averaged it out. Well, give me your last score. How do you rate this one? Like a f- five and a half. Really? Yeah, I think it was better than Vor sign, but it wasn't. I don't know. The 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 gimmick of the black cylinders just didn't do it for me. Hmm. I mean, it kind of did. It was a good premise, but I I don't know. It was just too awkward reading it that way, I think. Our biggest gap is Weeping Masks, followed by Study and Emerald, followed by 
this tied with Antiquarian's Niece because I give it a 8.5. Really? Yeah, I really fucking dug it. Hmm. Now, I'll tell you this. I averaged it out before these last two scores, and I'll add these in in just a minute. There is almost 1.1 full point between us. On average? You, wow. Yeah, because you're at a 7.7. 1875. I'm at 6.6875. So, uh, you vamp for a second, and I will add these together again and see what the fuck our scores actually are. Now, did they ever, was it ever um, explained? See, I don't think this was really explained either what those military intelligence guys really wanted from Watson. They just wanted to identify his voice in the recording, but yeah. what, what was, why were they looking for homes? I mean, why, what, I don't, I don't understand what the point was to that. Um, I don't know. I, maybe they were using homes to, uh, try to figure out what the fuck was up with, um, Moriarty, but I, I don't know. That doesn't seem exactly clear to me. Yeah, I had a issue with that too. Not knowing, because at first it seemed like they were looking for him because he did something wrong. Right. But then it was like they were looking for him, I don't know. Hmm. But I think... Well, well, well. What's that? Our scores definitely changed after yours went down, clearly, and mine went up a little. Yeah, we're going to end... Well, no. Before I tell you, I should have done this. This is going to be exactly tied. I wish. That would be fucking awesome. That would fuck up. (laughs) <laughs> if it was like wow we both ended well that's creepy we both ended at 7.1 i'll reveal the final scores here in a second here's what i want to ask you overall we're at the end of this bitch now overall give me a score how would how would you say you enjoyed this i would probably say overall a seven at least yeah mm-hmm. i shouldn't have told you those the number before why because it put 7.7 in your mind Oh. I should have been like, okay, now, how, how do you feel about this Nen told you the averages? I might have tainted the well a little. Well, no, because, I mean, it, no, I think I probably would have said that. Really? Anyway. Yeah, I think maybe so. And now, see, this is where we'll agree, because I had 7.5 written down, and you said 7 or 8, so I put you at 7.5 because dead center. That is creepy that we came together on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as enjoying the book, right. it doesn't, you know, I enjoyed reading it. I, it it's not like I hated i just some of the stories were just didn't do it for me yeah but then other ones did it real big time so not as big time as they did it for me because you don't have a single fucking 10 no i think i had a nine though didn't i uh you had a 9.5 on hangman's puzzle okay that was your highest score my highest was case of the wavy black dagger and arab's manuscript i i would give it 7.5 as well because it's two great things that taste great together it's a fucking reese's peanut butter cup is it perfect? No. I would completely fucking ditch the goddamn Neil Gaiman story. Yeah, that didn't even have the same feel, really, as the rest of the book. That and Tiger Tiger, it's like, what the fuck are these doing in here? Oh, yeah, Tiger Tiger was a mess. Although you still gave it a 7.75. I know. It's funny, too, because we've said it a few times. It's like, the deeper we got into this, it's like, whoa, our scores early were fucking weird. Because we didn't have a real We didn't have vibe. a bait. Right. We had no frame of reference of what was what was coming and i think that's why if you look at the averages our scores are higher our overall enjoyment is a little bit higher than the actual average end scores 
which I guess, fuck it, I'll reveal those now. Your average for all 18 stories is 7.30555555555555. Wow. Mine is 6.7222222222222222. Oh, so close. Yeah. It's fucking weird how we, just those two stories brought us so much closer together. So actually, here's what I'll do. I'm going to average these together real quick and see what the average, the actual real average is for this book. Isn't it fun, everybody? Yeah, listen to us do math. This is going to be our combined average. Yes. The official Nerd Blitz rating for this book. Yeah, fuck the other shit we said. Mm-hmm. 7.5, that's fucking dumb. Whoever came up with that's an idiot. Oh, wait, mm. both of us. <laughs> um, the official final score average is 7.01 and a bunch of eights with a seven. Nice. So yeah, it's about a seven. That's fair. Yeah. Yep, that's pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, there, it still sticks in my craw how off-brand those first two stories were. Like, they weren't even fucking like Sherlock Holmes on-brand. It felt like they did not understand the assignment. You're right, that's exactly what it was like. Even the ones that came after that I didn't really like, I feel like they at least understood. Yeah, or like they were all part of the same world. Right. Right. They they felt like they understood the assignment. They felt like maybe there could be a loose continuity between these of sorts. Like, they felt within the same framework. My assessment of Neil Gaiman stands, having read one piece of his work, he seems like one of those dudes who just thinks he's so fucking clever. Just so clever. Too clever for his own good. And it personally fucking annoyed me. <laughs> That'll be my big takeaway from this book. That you don't like Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Uh, People, especially like Spec, keep telling me, oh, you should check out some of his other shit. Check out, like, Sandman, or check out fucking American Gods. And I'm just like, no. No. (laughs) I'm gonna fucking use my time and energy on shit that doesn't just fucking irritate me. And that's what Neil Gaiman does. He fucking irritates me. Well, he seems... He's part of that that kind of... uh pretentious group of writers yeah like alan moore and grant morrison grant morrison yeah he's in he's in the same club with those guys yeah like i'll show you how it's done and it's yeah. like i'll show you i'll show you i'll show you how learned i am yeah look how smart i am um that's about it then isn't it yeah that's about it for this book anything fucking else you want to talk about in regard to this book this pastiche or anything else in the vein of these two. Because I don't think... It'll be a long while before we do anything Sherlock or Lovecraft related again. We completely shot our wad. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think so, really. Like, it, this book ended up not being as good as I had hoped it would be. Given, yeah. like, what the, uh, the, the whole concept of it is. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of these stories felt really similar. Um, yeah. The plots felt kind of similar right i i I feel you i can't disagree yeah i mean even like the villains goals were all pretty similar uh, yeah because it's like in a lot of these moriarty's the villain and it's like well he's still fucking evil Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah we got it right well no i just mean mean, i just mean like what they're no no i know yeah well we're gonna do this ritual and fucking 
do something right. or you know right 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 i no, i i totally understand yeah but it's like the moriarty stories specifically they boil down to yep he's still evil with no real like change or new seasoning added to the pot yeah i i do want i do enjoy the different journeys to get to that same goal but yeah and at the end of the day it's still the same fucking goal yeah so yeah so it wasn't exactly what i had hoped to get out of this book but it was, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want it to sound like we're both like, fuck that. Yeah. No, it was I, enjoyable to read it. It's just, it wasn't what I thought I was getting, I guess. Yeah, I feel like something like this would be better off if the authors communicated more and you made it more, like, in continuity for one and lead to a big blow-off at the end. Because now they, I, I mean... It's not even that they feel. They are. They're disjointed because there was no cross-pollination between the authors, and I think it kind of suffers for that. I think so, too. Yeah, once once we got to, like, I don't know, a few stories in, and when it became clear, that was like, oh, this isn't all one reality. Yeah. Some of them feel like they could be. Right. But then some of them are like, oh, well, yeah, there's, like, contradictory things that happen. Yeah. Which, again, you feel like... I guess I have to lay some of this at Michael Reeves' feet and that John Pellin, but you, you'd you feel like since they edited it, they'd be like, well, that doesn't really work because this fucker says this and you just flat out said the exact opposite. Feels like it needed a tighter editing. Or not even editing, but almost seems like they should have had all their pitches cleared before they, you know what I mean? It's almost like they right. didn't even take pitches first. It was just like, go off and write your own story. Um, That could be what happened. Like, because I think I said it in one of the earlier episodes when I in one of my interviews with Kevin J. Anderson, he described the process where it's basically like they put out kind of a casting call, say, hey, we're looking for this. Mm. Writers write their stories and send them in and then they sift through those is the way it was. It's been described to me. Maybe he didn't say it in an interview with me. He's just said it in an interview and I heard it. But either way, that's sounds like that's the process. Like hundreds of stories come in, they pare them down, and then they pick the best of the best. And it's like, I, f- I feel like you should have been like, hey, would you feel comfortable changing this? If not, fuck you, you're not in our anthology. Because around this time, I think there were a couple others of anthologies like this by different people. Oh, really? Yeah, but I think this is the only one that was approved by the estate. Oh, okay. Which, you don't know, that could be part of the reason for some of the fuckery, too. Because the state, you know, was involved, and they were like, no, it's got to be this way. Oh, I see. I don't know. I I don't understand the process of the estate, because they seem to go after people, you know, real willy-nilly. So I don't know exactly, but, yeah, I, um... I dug it. I, I dig it more than my average implies. No, mine's pretty accurate. Especially upon reflection, though. I, I think a 6 is way too low. <laughs> or a 6.7, <laughs> even. It's been fun. Yeah. Do we know what we're doing next? Besides um, taking a break? Yeah. Um, I don't think we have said for sure. I think we have, like, three options that it's like, yeah, that one of those is definitely the next one. We'll just leave it at that. We don't. We can even cut that if you want, because okay. while we figure it out, okay, pro- it'll probably be something shorter though. Yeah, at least for like a buffer in between yeah. this and the next big book. Yeah, 
I, you know, something else I would like to say, I liked doing um, short stories like this. Yeah, me too. I actually did enjoy that. I thought that that was, that's why I, I almost said maybe why don't we do uh, one of the stories out of the Tales Star Wars book that I just got <gasps> from Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, well, that's, that's a possibility. Yeah, like not the whole book, just like one story out of the book. I liked doing the whole book because there's something about, it, it's easier to me, even though like some of these, it was like 60 page weeks mm. or months or however you want to look at it. I like having a complete, and I, I think in some of these episodes, you've said the opposite and maybe I have too, but I liked having a complete tale to talk about instead of, you know, just chapters because it just, it felt like, it almost feels like you're getting more done, you know? Right. I, I hear you. But yeah. That might be something to look into because I know there's some Star Trek short story collections out there too. Oh, really? Yeah, there's one that I've really been looking at because it's got one of the few fucking Enterprise stories in it. Mm. It's like Tales from the Captain's Table or some shit. Like every other fucking Enterprise story, they're hard to come by. But yeah, there's shit like that that I... And I think they did like three of those, two, three. And then there's a series with the same name, so it gets kind of confusing. Either way, yeah, I, I would like to do that again with a short story collection. I would hope that at some point we could do it and maybe the stories would be a bit shorter because that's probably the biggest issue. Like I said, sometimes you're doing like 60 pages in a week and it's like, all right, am I almost done? Yeah, that's that's a little torturous, but yeah. Anywho, yeah, guess that about wraps it up for what series is this? Six, seven? Oh, uh, I, I do not know. Series six. Wow. That brings an end to Series 6 of Book Club. Seems like we're we're way farther along than 6. Doesn't it? That's fucking crazy. Anywho, um, yeah, let's do some Patreon shoutouts real quick. Our Patreon shoutouts for this and almost every episode go to at G-I-G-I-A-M-K-3-0, at Spider Scooby, at Steve Boost, at AC Farrell one nine seven six. At S Morgan twenty one, at Josh MGA, at Midnight Smoke one, at Corny Jenkins underscore thirteen Chris, at T E S D Groupie, at Tank Top Ant, at Fageticus, and at Katya Queen. Time for our regulare thank yous now. Thanks to at the J Sarge for the opening music, at Sherry Archinoff for our logo. Um, and book club thank yous go to at. T-E-S-D Groupie and at G-I-G-I-A-M-K 3-0 for providing the book. Some of those names sounded familiar. I don't know why. I, I don't know. It's almost like we've got cool people. Time for our shit? Mm-hmm. Our shit is uh, subscribe, rate, and review and find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundClown. Find everything we do at nerdblitz.com. Get yourself some merch by going to redbubble.com slash people slash nerdblitz bitch <laughs> come on nerd bitch <laughs> we're the nerd bitch pod all we do is bitch sometimes i was gonna say which is not untrue it's not untrue let's try that again redbubble.com slash people slash nerd blitz pod slash portfolio or teespring.com and search the nerd blitz uh, if you need some extra audio get your ass over to patreon right 
stat now by going to patreon.com slash nerdblitzpod. You're going to get instant access to over 52 hours of content. July, which I think this will drop in, is going to be a huge fucking month for us on Patreon. Get in there while you can. There's going to be all kinds of fucking new and familiar content dropping in July on the NerdBlitz Patreon. Patreon.com slash nerdblitzpod. Other than that, I'm at the Scooby-Doom. You are? At Fitzman73. And on both Twitter and the Instagram and Patreon, we are at NerdBlitzPod. Final thoughts. I know we already did this, but I always like to do it again in case you thought of something. No, didn't really think of anything new. Okay. I'm excited to see what Book Club has in store for us next series. Mm, Could there be a new intro? Maybe. Could there be a different book? There'll definitely be a different book. Could there be different hosts? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. So until we come back with Series 7 of the Nerd Blitz Book Club. Put it on the shelf. You know, it really is kind of odd, but hearing you say that is like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I said before, man, finishing a book for me is like, oh, no, it's over. Yeah. But that's okay. It means we get to read new stuff. That's right. This has been a feature of JJ2E Media and TSDJA Productions.